Hello and happy Easter. We're so thankful that you joined us today. Pastor Herbert Mays gives a message entitled, It is Finished. And in this message, he talks about what Jesus Christ did in between the time of the crucifixion and the resurrection here. And how he conquered hell for you and me. How we can live victorious lives now in the new covenant. I was hoping that our Easter would be a little bit different and we could gather together, but that's all right. Technology has made it to where we can still assemble together and be able to get the word of God out to all the ends of the earth. So I hope this message blesses you. I'm sure it will. It did us. And uh, until next time, this is Pastor Mike, and we love you.
bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. one more time because he lives. Because he lives. 
Amen this morning. Glad to have you with us here at the river on this Easter Sunday morning. Praise God. You may be seated. What a great time of the year. It doesn't matter if we can't be together. We're together uh, spiritually, and so uh, we welcome you here today. I'm going to preach this morning a message on I would entitle, It is Finished. If you got your Bibles this morning, turn to Hebrews, the ninth chapter, and we're going to start reading in verse 11. Hebrews, the ninth chapter, verse 11. And the Bible says this, But Christ came as a high priest of good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. Everybody say, with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once and for all, having redeemed us. Thank God for that. And we thank God that he did that. Let's pray. Father, for the next few moments of time, I pray that you make my tongue the tongue of a ready writer, speaking the oracles of God. I pray there not be a person leave today that will not be touched by Almighty God in his presence. We give you the praise and glory. We lift up this country to you today, Lord, because we know that we're in trouble. And we need God more than we've ever needed him before. And I pray to God that through all of this, that we're going to see revival come to America. And we give you the praise and glory. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I want to look at four things that that happened with Jesus in his last days on this earth. There's four things that he did that's very important that happened on his last days. Turn to Luke, the 23rd chapter. And we're going to start reading in verse 44. The four things that Jesus did was he died, he arose, he ascended, and he sat down. Four things that he did in his last days was he died, he arose, he ascended, and he sat down. Luke, the 23rd chapter, verse 44. Now, it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, I commit in your hands, I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Now, you understand that when, when he took his last breath on this earth, the Bible says the veil of the temple was split in two. That enabled us under the new covenant to go in and get everything that God has for us. He, he paid it all at Calvary. And so he died. And so, but thank God that he came up out of the grave because in Luke the, 20, uh, Luke the 24th chapter, we start reading in verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But when they found a stone rolled away from the tomb, then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this thing, that, behold, 
two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to him, Whom do you, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. But on the third day he will rise again. Now, he died and he went to the tomb. But thank God he got up out of the tomb because the tomb couldn't hold him. And so I want to find out what he did because it's very important. You think, well, he went to the tomb. He was in the tomb. He's He's going to ascend into heaven. But what did he do those three days he was in the tomb? Well, we know that the body wasn't there. Because it went, when they went to the tomb, the, they rolled the stone away. So he got out of the tomb without the stone even being rolled away. So that was a miracle there. And so they go to the tomb, and he's not there. So then I, they, they say, well, now, I wonder where he's at. They're wondering then what happened. And so I got thinking about this. Three days Jesus was in the tomb... Well, he wasn't in the tomb three days. He come up out of the tomb. Well, where was he at? Well, on the Isle of Patmos, we read this story about John on the Isle of Patmos. And Jesus had visited John uh, in a vision on the Isle of Patmos. And John is there. Remember John the Revelator? And he's there. Jesus comes, and he, 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 gives him an, he has an encounter with John on the Isle of Patmos. Revelation 1.18, Jesus told John what he did those three days. He goes down and he tells John. He says, John, this is in Revelation 1.18. He said, I have the keys to the kingdom. So the three days that Jesus was supposedly in the tomb... He wasn't in the tomb because I'm going to tell you what Jesus did. Jesus got up out of the tomb and he went down and he knocked on the corridors of hell and he knocked on the door of Satan's domain, the one who had stole everything from the church and all of the people. And so Jesus goes in. And you know, it's an interesting thing because, you know, you go to somebody's house, you would think that you would knock on the door. Well, Jesus didn't knock on the door because Jesus kicked the door down. And a little imp is at the door. And when Jesus comes to the door, he has kicked the door down. And so the little imp is standing there and he said, what's going on? He said, I want to see your boss. And so Jesus is there and he's talking to the little imp. He said, I tell you what, dude, don't worry about it. I'm going to go find him myself. Jesus went through the corridors of hell and he got, went right up to Satan, you understand. You understand because he was operating in the power of Almighty God. He didn't need somebody to be praying with him. He didn't need somebody to go along with him because he was in the Almighty presence of God. He goes into the corridors of hell and he tells Satan, he said, Satan, what you've stolen from the church, Somebody help me this morning. He said, what you've stolen from the church, I'm here to take back, bless God. And he said, I'm here to take the keys 
to the kingdom that you stole, and old Satan is sitting there. And, and you know, here's the thing about a bully. See, you can't go up to a bully and be nice. Jesus didn't go in and say, do you mind if I have the keys? No, he said, I come and I'm going to take the keys. doesn't make any difference where you want to give them up or not. But when you go face a bully, you've got to be strong, bless God. It's like the church today. We're, we're facing a bully in America. And I travel around and I see all these people in fear and doubt and unbelief. And I wonder, my God, don't they know what Jesus did? Many, many years ago, Jesus went to the corridors of hell and He took back the joy, bless God, that ought to be in the church. He took back everything that you don't have today. Jesus already appropriated it in, in, in hell, bless God. And, and, and He took back my and brought joy back to the church. Let me tell you something. He brought healing to the church. First uh, Peter two twenty four says, "By your stripes he's healed," and he said he got joy unspeakable and full of glory. You understand? And I tell you, the main thing that 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 Jesus brought out of hell was that he stole the power of the church. Jesus went down to the corridors of hell and he took back the keys of the Holy Ghost. Bless God. And in the Bible, in John, Jesus made this statement when he told the disciples. It's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I go away, the Holy Ghost won't come. I'm telling that Jesus has gone away. I'm telling you today that the Holy Ghost is on the earth today. I'm telling you today the only thing the church needs to do is get a hold of the power of the Holy Ghost. If fear leaves you, bless God, when you can believe God and that He has appropriated for you everything that you need, Jesus has already done it, bless God. We're not a defeated church. Let me tell you, coronavirus or uh, uh, whatever that 19-something, I don't know what they call it now, but whatever it is, it can't hold you down. The only thing that holds you down is your doubt and unbelief, bless God. I'm not worried about what's going to happen. I'm concerned about the church because we got church people. I'm talking about Christian people that's cowered in their home, bless God. I say it's time to come out, bless God. The, the, the devil wants to keep you hunkered down just like Satan in, in hell. But let me tell you something. It's time we take back what the devil stole from us. Well, I'm doing a whole lot more preaching than y'all are shouting this morning. I know there's got to be somebody shouting at the TV, bless God, because somebody's got to get happy. That let me tell you something. We ain't going to take it no more. I tell you, God is already appropriated for us. And He redeemed it all, bless God. And the prosperity. You know, we got people worrying about, they said, well, I heard somebody the other day, uh, said, I can't wait till I get the stenomus check or whatever they call that thing. Uh, I don't know what they call it, stenomus or stenomus or whatever it is. I can't wait till I get the check. My God, if $1,200 is going to help you out from, from nothing, you ain't got nothing now. You might as well just believe God. $1,200 ain't going to do nothing. 
And we got all these people. I just I'm looking at the mailbox. Let me tell you something. You 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 you, you need to get in the mailbox and call Jesus' number. Jeremiah thirty three three says, If my people will call upon my name, I will answer them, bless God, and show them great and mighty things. I say this Easter ought to be an Easter that we call God's number and let him die. And let me tell you something. When you call his number, it ain't no code of phone. You ain't gonna get some answering machine because he'll speak to you bless God and he'll help you praise God and you know uh, I, I was talking to a lady the other day and, and, and she said I was up here to, to the grocery store and I go in the grocery store talking to this lady and I said here I'm going to tell you this do not ask people how they're doing it ain't no need asking nobody how they're doing because what's going to happen, they're going to tell you and it's going to get you feeling bad. So I don't need to ask them how they're doing. And so I go to the grocery store and I'm checking out here and I said, well, how are you doing? She says, I'm just stressed out. I said, stressed out? She said, ain't you stressed out? I said, no, I'm blessed out. I got rid of the stress when I got hooked up to the Holy Ghost. It ain't no more stress for me. I'm blessed, bless God. Well, glory. Anyway, now, so we know that he went to the kingdom. He went to the devil's domain and his kingdom, and he took back the keys, bless God, for you and for me. Now, the number three thing he did was he ascended. And we read in Luke, the 24th chapter, verse 49. Jesus is speaking. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lift up his hands and bless them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them, and he was parted from them and carried into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Now see, and, and, and when he had came to the disciples, he told them there, I'm getting ready to go. And I'm going to send to my father. And it says here now that when it was lifted up, he said, you're going to be endued with power. Well, what did he mean? He's talking about, we know in John 16, 7, uh, uh, Jesus said this, it's, it's expedient or it's to your advantage that I go away because if I go away, the helper won't come or the comforter won't come. The Holy Ghost won't come. You understand the third a person of the Trinity, Jesus sent down. When he ascended, the Holy Ghost came down. You know, I, I was thinking about when I got the Holy Ghost. You know, first off, I didn't ask for it. And so, but thank God there was a day when I got saved that Jesus just, uh, just endued me with some power from on high that I had the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. When you've got power, you've got no fear in your life. Let me tell you something. They can't kill me because I'm already dead. 
I done died once. I died to the old man. There, there ain't nothing the devil can do to me. The only thing that's laid up for me is, is my mansion in glory. So they, here, the first of all, they can't kill you. Because if you're born again, your name is already written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So they go up and Jesus said, now look, I'm going to go down. And I, I mean, I'm going up. And when I go up, the Holy Spirit is going to come down and, and comfort you. I, I want to share this with you. And I don't know why since this uh, corona uh, mess has been going on. <clears throat> but I don't sleep much at night. And I get up early in the morning. And I was up this morning at 2 o'clock. Now, I don't go. I don't wake the little bride. I get on up and go in my office. Because sometimes, you know, she likes to crack a noon thing. <laughs> I'm just joking with you now. But I let her get her beauty sleep. But it's something, I'm going to share this with you. It's something that when you get up early in the morning yeah. and the TV's not on, yeah. you're by yourself and you can worship God. Sure. And you feel the presence of God. It's like in the last several weeks, early in the morning, I can feel his presence because I'm there and I'm worshiping him in the Holy Ghost. And, you know, I shared this the other day. I like getting up and watching and when the sun comes up because when the sun comes up, I see God because I see his glory. Right. I go outside. I can feel the wind. I feel God because I feel His glory. I want to encourage you. This time in America, we need to get back to praying. We need to get back to worshiping. Worship is what takes fear from you. There is no way that you can worship God and be in fear. There is no way that you can spend your time in the presence of God because fear and doubt and unbelief, when, when we're worshiping, that's what brings down strongholds. That's what brings down barriers. See, worship will get you into the holy of holies. That takes you to a place where you have no worry. See, I'm going to tell you something. Do you mean to tell me, Pastor, that we can live in that place? You can live in that place where the, where the cares of the world and all of the problems of the world, we can get into that place where it don't bother us because we believe in God that everything's going to be all right. I pray for every one of our members in the mornings. I don't want no one losing jobs. I want everybody to stay uh, uh, employed and, and happy. But I see the church today, I don't see a lot of, I'm not, not talking about our church and especially, but I don't see a lot of happy people. I see people that, that are down. If they had a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you can't be down. True. There's no way that you can be down exactly if you spend quality time with the Lord because automatically it's going to build you up. So Jesus is telling the disciples, now I'm going up. Now you go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father that he said he would send to you the Holy Spirit. And he said, when you get that, 
you'll be endued with power. Holy Ghost power. And so that's what happened when he ascended. Now, the fourth thing he did was he sat down. Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse 69. Hereafter, the Son of Man will sit on the right hand of the power of God. That's, this is Jesus talking. And he's telling the disciples, now here, here's where I'm going. Because they was asking questions, even on the road to Emmaus. You know, the disciples met Jesus on the road to Emmaus, and they having a conversation with him and everything. They met Jesus on the road to Emmaus, the disciples, and didn't even know who he was. He had to reveal to him who he was there. And he said, Hereafter the Son of Man will sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then they, then they all said, Are you then the Son of God? This is Jesus who had spent three and a half years with him. And they still didn't recognize him. They said, are you the son of God? So he said to them, you rightly say that I am. And then they said, now now this is so good. After Jesus talked to them and said, look, you're right. I am the son of God. And they said, what further testimony do we need? For we have heard it ourselves out of his own mouth. So they said, look, they don't need to be talking about anything else. We done talked to Jesus. He said he's the son of God. He said he's going to go up and he's going to sit down, bless God, at the right hand of the power of God. Now, in Ephesians, the second chapter, we see an interesting passage of Scripture. Now, we know now. That he died, he arose, he ascended, and he sat down. Now, in uh, Ephesians, the second chapter, it says this. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, That means when you were a sinner, before you knew him, even when we were dead in trespasses. Now look what what he said here. When you accepted Jesus as your Savior, he made us alive. Thank God he did that. Because when I got born again, I came alive because the old man died. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. August 22, 1990, I became a new person. The old man died. uh, I don't think about the old man anymore because it ain't no old man anymore. I'm a new creation born of, of, of God, full of the Holy Ghost with the evidence. Let me just go ahead and make this clear here. I'm full of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That is, that's what I do. I have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I make no apologies for it. I tell you, that's exactly what this is. And if you out there watching on the boob tube want an excited church and want to know something about the Holy Ghost and want to feel some power from on, from on high, you need to come to the river, 2621 Highway 76 in Portland, Tennessee, and get a, and get a dose of the Holy Ghost. Because let me tell you something, 
your life will change, bless God. Amen. When you get a dose of the Holy Ghost, you'll get into the uttermost, bless God. And you can get in with the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, he said here that, that, that when you were dead, he made you alive by Christ because by grace you've been saved. Now, now this, is, this was so good. Verse 6. And raised us up together. He didn't ask you to sit at the right hand of the Father. The Word here says, He raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So when I got born again, when I got born again, accepted Jesus as my Savior, then He made me. He didn't even ask me if I wanted to be seated next to him. Do you understand? You've got to understand this spiritually. Spiritually speaking today, God the Father, we got Jesus sitting next to God. The Holy Ghost is down here. But he said that when you got born again, he made you sit next to him in heaven. Spiritually speaking, today, you know where you're at? You're not in Portland, Tennessee. Spiritually speaking, you're seated with him in heaven. Now, let me ask you this. If that's the case, then, why have I got any problems? If I take that as, as, as fact, that, 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 that I'm seated next to him spiritually. I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. So it's like, you know, uh, I'm sitting next to Jesus in heaven spiritually. I got a problem. I say, Jesus, what about, can you take care of this thing for me? Do you understand that that's how close you are to him? Because, because when you got born again, I got an old boy right here that came out of Missouri that's in our church. Came out of Missouri. He didn't know nothing about that. He, he, he was a bar hopper. Uh, you know, one of them, one of them guys. You know, and he visited down here, visited somebody, and 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 uh, 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 his little wife was here, and and. and uh, I'm going to tell this story if I got time. His little wife was here, and 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 she came and prayed, and she and and, and she took a handkerchief. Uh, read in Acts, and you'll find out about Paul and and handkerchiefs, how he anointed people and diseases left them, and and people got got set free. Bless God. I got set free by a pair of socks that my wife had anointed. And the power of God came and set me free, bless God. You can't tell me it don't work. You can tell me a lot of things. You can tell me that an airplane can fly. You can tell me that a train can run on track. But you can't tell me nothing about the Holy Ghost because I have felt Him, bless God. I've been endued with power from on high, bless God. And so I know something about the Holy Ghost. I don't know a whole lot about a lot of other things, but I do know about the Holy Ghost. And so his, his little wife takes the handkerchiefs back to Missouri. And she, I anoint the handkerchief. She takes it back to Missouri, puts it in his pillowcase. He's laying, laying in bed at night. 
you know, and, and he's jumping and jump, doing all kind of crazy stuff, and, and, and he's trying to find out what's going on here, and, and, and come to find out, he's looking around, what's wrong with this pillow? He's looking in the pillow trying to find out what's wrong. My God, there's a handkerchief in the pillow. Well, he thought she's done had an affair. She said, I know something's going on here now, bless God, because how in God's name did a handkerchief arrive in my pillowcase, bless God? i tell you what happened. The Holy Ghost got a hold of him, brother. I'm going to tell you something. And, and uh, he told me the other day, he said, why talking about somebody talking about moving back to Missouri and going back to Missouri or something, by somebody wanting him to come back to Missouri. He said, I ain't going back to the show me state. He said, I done been showed something in Tennessee, bless God. And it's the Holy Ghost. So see, when God gets a hold of you, things will change, bless God. You won't be the same as you used to be. You'll be different. So what happened was that when, when, when we got born again, thank God that He took the four steps to get us where we are today. That He died, He arose, He ascended, and He sat down at the right hand of the Father. And when He sat down at the Father, when I got born again, I sat right down with Him, bless God. So where Jesus is, we are spiritually speaking today. Can you help me there? So we, when, when we've got a problem, when you're going through, you know, I know things are, this world is a mess. But I can tell you who can fix the mess. And he's the best at fixing messes. And it's, the, it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost that's on this earth today. He'll straighten you out. He'll, he'll, he'll put a jump in your step, bless God. He'll, he'll, he'll get you moving. I want to see the church. You know what I'd like to see in our church here? When everybody comes back, we come back into church. I'd like to see people. We used to have that years ago. You understand, our church was birthed on the Holy Ghost. We was birthed out of the Holy Spirit. We talked about We'd have churches sometimes two and three hours where the Holy Spirit moved and people just saturated with the presence of God. I pray that our church and every church in, in Portland, Tennessee, gets saturated with the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray that when they come to church, they walk in the door and they can feel right. the presence of God because there's prayer been going on. Let me tell you what causes that is the church gets to where they start praying, bless God. And then you'll see that God will move. Well, thank God. Do that song for me, hon. Let me tell you something. It's a wonderful song about my Redeemer. And He's alive today. the sun where to stand in the morning and who told the ocean you can only come this far and who showed the moon where to hide till evening whose words alone can catch a falling
what I want you to do this week. I want you to get you an old string, go in, a, go in your drawer somewhere. You've got three or four old keys laying around somewhere. Put them on the string. Put it in your billfold, pocket or pocketbook or whatever. And then when you get up in the morning, you just shake them keys. That reminds you that you got the victory, bless God. Well, somebody praise Him. See you next Sunday.